share this morning on Sweeter Gets the Journey. In the book of Genesis, chapter 29, verse number 20, I'm going to build from a text here. I'm not going to speak on that, but build from a text upon that. But uh, the Bible says, And Jacob served seven years for Rachel, and they seemed to him a few days for the love he had for her. And that's what I want to build on Sweeter Get the Journey. And remind you and I that life is a journey. Life is sometimes difficult. Life is sometimes hard. Life is sometimes disappointing. Life is sometimes discouraging. Life doesn't always turn out the way we want it to, the way we hoped it would, or the way we'd planned it to be. But in our relationships with our families, ourselves, and God, through the power of the Holy Spirit, May we be able to say that every day is a blessing. Every day gets better. The journey gets sweeter. We're more in love with the Lord and our families than we ever were. And God's constant love is at work in our lives, fulfilling his will and his purpose and his plan. Would you bow with us as we pray? Father, we pray the Holy Spirit will take your word this morning and direct it into our hearts. May we realize the great love you have for us. And may we realize in life's journey, Lord, that there are difficult days and dark days. But the sun of righteousness arises every morning. And you bring new and fresh blessing and favor into our lives. And God, you allow us to know the, the blessings of family and, and the blessings of friends and the blessings of our church family. But most of all, Lord, the blessing of a personal relationship with you, Father. May that speak to us this morning, Lord. And may we not grow weary in our journey. May we not go weak and faint by the way, Lord. But may every day we say the journey gets sweeter, Lord. And we're rejoicing in you. And we're worshiping you, God, and honoring you. And we look with great anticipation, Lord, for the days that lie ahead in our lives. Even as senior citizens, Lord, we believe that many great days lie ahead for us. And we just worship in your favor and your blessing this morning, Lord. Keep us in your care and your will, Lord, and help us ever do your service. We honor you with our lives and our service to you. In Christ's name, amen. Amen. We're not going not to stick with this story, but just, just as an understanding, a background of this story was that, that Jacob went to live with his uncle for a while. And he found this beautiful young lady by the name of Rachel. Fell madly in love with her. It was love at first sight. And he so wanted to marry her. And they worked out an agreement there that he would serve a certain amount of time and he would receive her as his wife. And the wedding day came and went off as under the Jewish customs as planned. And he received what he thought was his wife. But when he awoke the next morning from his dark tent, he found to his surprise that her older sister Leah had been given to him. He'd been tricked to in a relationship with the older sister Leah there. And then he, he complained about that, and they talked about that and discussed that. So Laban said, well, that's not the custom here, and, and uh, I'll give you the younger daughter, but you've got to serve seven more years for her before I allow you to have her. Now, uh, after a week, I think he was able to take her as his bride, but he still had to serve the seven-year period. And that's where we get this, this particular scripture here. He had seven years he had to serve for her, and he said, oh, that, this, this, this went by just in a moment's time. Just in a flash, that time was over. Why? Because of that great, deep love I had from my life, my wife Rachel. And may we know that love, and may we have that love, and may that love ever exist in our lives. I think Mr. Webster says, love is an intense feeling of deep affection 
taking great pleasure and interest in liking and enjoying someone very, very much. Uh, we've heard such terms as young love, first love, true love, puppy love, falling in love, falling out of love, and all those terms. And, and uh, I guess there's been probably thousands or millions of books written and poems written and um, songs written. And then, uh, of course, uh, us husbands all love the Hallmark Channel. There's, there's one good thing about the Hallmark Channel. Your daughter cannot date until she's 35. She cannot be. Within, and then after the first date, she, she finally allowed one kiss. And then after that, she's got to get married. So that, that's some good, good information for you there, young people. You, you can't have a boyfriend or girlfriend until you're 35. And then after a while, you get to have one kiss. And then you're going to get married. And then, and then you're going to do the right thing there. So the Hallmark Channel has some great things to share about that. But, but the, the, all those wonderful things on love. Uh, the millions of songs, I guess, has been written about love. And I just jotted down three very quickly. Uh, uh, some of the people that write about them and some of their, I think, take on love. The famous Tina Turner said this. What's love got to do with it? Nothing. It's just a secondhand emotion. And we say what? Not. You don't have a clue, girl. You need to get a life. Because that's not at all what love is. Uh, the Beatles kind of had a little take on it. They said what? Money can't buy me love. We understand that. But someone said, but if I'm rich, I can stay single and have a whole, whole lot of happiness in my life there. But then the wonderful icons, Dolly and Whitney, saying this. I will always love you. May that be a relationship with our spouses and our children and our grandchildren. May that be a relationship with ourselves. But most importantly, may that be our relationship with God, our Heavenly Father. No matter what comes my way, no matter what I face, no matter what difficulties come to my way in life, no matter what the future holds for me, I will always be in love with my spouse and my family. And I'll always love the Lord my God with all my heart and all my soul, all my mind, and all my strength. Someone has said love is never having to say you're sorry. I disagree with that. Love is always, constantly having to say you're sorry. And we need to learn that. And we need to practice that. And we need to put that into application in our daily lives. But love can seem like work. It can be tiresome at times. Love can be boring at times. Love is an effort at times. Love can be monotonous at times. Love can seem like duty. It seems like we're forced to do it. It can seem like a checklist we have to mark off. It can seem like some requirements we have to do. And, and we remind ourselves of that. Uh, uh, when, when we're young, young, young love is different. And, and I'm going to mention some things about that in just a few moments. But love is not a, a noun. Love is an action verb that we always put into practice. I want to look at briefly three things this morning. Number one. Or number three, and I've gone backwards on this for a purpose, I told Amy, not to mess her up. But number three is our love for our spouse, for our children and our grandchildren. If you'll just leave that up there for me for a while, Amy. You young people sometimes think you have a monopoly on love. When we first fall in love, it's what? Candlelight, chocolate, roses, soft music. Uh, cuddling under the blanket and watching Hallmark. Or if you're really blessed, you get to watch McClintock. But anyway, that, that's young love. After a while, we find what? 
Love is stinky diapers. Love is spit up. Love is sometimes the house not getting cleaned the way we think it should be. Love is working hard and coming home bone-dead tired. And so love kind of changes through the years, doesn't it? And then there comes a time in your life when you just sit and look at one another or sit and look at the TV. And that's love. But you young people don't have a monopoly on love. And I mentioned three things here briefly. Uh, Sister Allison and I found this out. When we moved here, it was long distance to call from here into Greene County. And um, so um, I'll just use this one illustration here. That Amy sat down on our front porch until about 2 o'clock in the morning with a cell phone, and the swing would squeak and keep Carol and I awake because it's right outside our bed. But, but our, our young love was Christy and Jeremy, and so it was long distance call from the parsonage to Jeremy's house. Uh, we got a phone bill with like a couple hundred dollars or so, which we thought was outrageous back then, and Carol got to look it up, and Christy and Jeremy had spent maybe an hour on the phone to each other. We, we found out something. We found out something very important there. After about 30 minutes, they didn't say anything. They just sat and listened to each other breathe. <laughs> <laughs> That's love. That's love. But you don't have a thing on us. We listen to each other too. It's either called snoring or we're checking to make sure we're still breathing. <laughs> As young lovers, you, you know, you always you want to just touch their hand, hold their hand. You want to just kind of rub your hand across their cheek once in a while. You just love that touch there. Uh, senior citizens do that too. We're checking to see if they have a fever or if they have a pulse. We love them. As young, young lovers, you say, well, oh, you know, I, I can just sit and, and stare at one another because I know what they're thinking. I, you know, I, just, I just, just stare right at that Blake stare. I just know what they're thinking. We senior citizens do the same thing. We're in love. But we sit and wonder, what was I thinking? <laughs> when you're young and in love, you just can't wait to hear the sound of their voice. I mean, it's just so valuable. You know, just, just that sound of their voice sends those shivers up your spine you know, and makes your heart tingle. Uh, we love to hear the sound of each other's voices, too. And ours sounds like this. Huh? What? I did not hear a word you said. Say that again. When you're young and in love, you say this. Oh, just being around them makes my heart skip a beat. Beats faster. We have the same thing as us senior citizens. Pacemaker. <laughs> so we get what love is. We're not at all out of tune with being in love. But let's go to something Scripture we can take home with us, hopefully. Love for your spouse. Proverbs chapter 5, verse 15 says this. You should be faithful to your wife just as you take water from your own well. And there, there's a, a long illustration there, and I chose this version. It's kind of the uh, Church of God version of it. And so it's simply saying to you, be faithful to your wife throughout all the years. Be faithful to your wife at home. Be faithful to your wife in every situation. Have a relationship with your wife that you honor and love and respect her. Then this, the Good News Testament says this. So be happy with your wife and find your joy in the woman you married. Throughout the years, find joy 
in that person you're married with. And may that continually be joy. And it changes over the years. We, we, we kind of laughed at some things here. But love changes throughout the years. Love, love goes through a process of becoming stronger and better. And the relationship increases with favor. And there's just that difference in the degree of love that you have from young married Young people that are falling in love to those that have settled in to a lifetime of loving one another and honoring one another and serving one another. And then Proverbs 5.19 says this, She is beautiful and graceful just like a deer. You should be attracted to her and stay deeply in love with her. And so we see seniors this morning that are living that out. We see those that are celebrating years of marriage and years of celebrating together and years of saying, what well, we've been in love with one another and we're still in love with one another and we're going to be in one with, we'll love with one another and we're going to stay in love with one another. What a great example that is to our world and our society and our church today to see the longevity in a marital relationship in which you still have that devotion and that spark for one another and that interest in one another as you're, you're desires change and situations change but yet there's that deep down abiding love you share with your spouse we don't look at it all we look them in our 30s but uh, Carol and I in about six and a half month time are going to celebrate 50 years of marriage together and I say that for this I said there are, there are numbers of you in our congregation, and numbers of maybe they're watching this morning, they're saying, What? Well, we have set a godly example. We have shown our children and our grandchildren and our great grandchildren the value of working through life and living life and loving through life and celebrating the days that we have with that eternal, everlasting love. Um, you ladies can and get on me, and, and when you do a ladies' day, you can do your own thing. But I'm going to mention a couple things this morning. Uh, I'm reminded of some people I know. Sister Loretta McDaniel from our church was in the nursing home over in Elkton. And Carol and I got to go over and visit her with her over there. We had known him kind of casually, but we got to be good, real good friends with Pastor Kenzie Reed, who pastored the Pentecostal Church in Elkton. His wife was in the nursing home there, and we'd go see him. Brother Kenzie Reed came down every morning early and was there with her for her breakfast time and spent the day there, and then when he had the evening meal, he would go home about the time it got dark that night. But he even had his own uh, recliner brought in to the nursing home, and he sat there with his wife all day long and shared the meals with her and shared time together and shared the activities at the nursing home with her, shared the afternoon naps together with her, in his own little uh, recliner there. But, but so great was his love for his wife that every day he went there and he spent that day with her, spent that time with her, spent that quality with her wife because it wasn't a burden to him, it wasn't a chore to him. So great was his love for her, he wanted to display that and show that. We could reminded of Reverend Jim Jinks who just went to be with the Lord recently. If you went to his house, Miriam was up and dressed. Her hair was made. Her makeup was on. Her clothes were needed. Never would you see a spot of, of food or anything on her clothing there. He, he kept her so dressed, so pretty, and so perfectly there. And although she could not communicate with you, he said, why? Because she's my wife, and that's the way I want her to be, and that's the way she would look if she was able to do it. So I care to do that far. I want to do that far. Why? It wasn't a burden and a chore to him. He wasn't there saying, well, oh, oh, my wife has all these health issues, and I've got to just take care of our responsibilities. I'm doing this out of love for my wife. 
I read an article that stated this. An older gentleman would go to the nursing home every day. His wife had dementia. And he would go and sit with her and talk to her and hold her hand and caress her and feed her and do all these things for her. And one day, one of the nursing home staff came by and said, why do you do this? She has dementia. She doesn't know who you are. She doesn't know you're here. Why do you do this? He said, I do this because I know who she is. She's my wife, and I love her, and I want to show her I love her. I care about her. She may not recognize me, but I recognize her. Oh, oh, the value. Say, oh, thank the Lord that, that caring for our loved ones and fellowship with our loved ones and being there for our loved ones is not a burden, not a chore, and not a job we have to do, but it's a great responsibility that God has given to you and I, and it seems like just a day to us. So great is that love we have for our family members. Thank God he gives us that abiding love. You need to love yourself through the way that God loves you and I. I don't know what the, I don't know what the terminology is now. Uh, there used to be a term that was said that someone was a party animal. Uh, I, I apply that to the, 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 in the Christian way that uh, buffets, <laughs> we like to eat a lot. <laughs> if you show up at every meal, you're a party animal. And so that, that's kind of my take on that. But I understand the people you know that like to, like to party all the time, they call it a party animal. And I thought about that and I said, I become a party animal. I have crow's feet around my eyes. I have elephant ears. Instead of chubby cheeks, I have hog jaws. I have a turkey neck. I have a pot belly like a pig. I have chicken legs and pigeon toad. That makes me a party animal, the ultimate party animal. And you're going to get there one day. If you're not there yet, you're going to arrive. Don't laugh at me. It's coming to you. It's going to happen. And I thought, wow, that, that's a lot of things wrong with me, isn't it? But then the good thought came to me. I only have to look at that when I'm shaving in the mirror. Here this morning, i got to look at you for about 30 or 40 minutes to an hour or so. And some of you are starting to look like party animals. So you need to love yourself for who you are. But, but my, my point is this. Is sometimes we see ourselves as the negative. Sometimes we see our flaws and our faults. And sometimes we don't see ourselves as we see others. And the Bible speaks so strongly about this. Don't compare yourself to someone else. In looks, and talents, and gifts, and abilities. Not in anything. Because you're very unique. Sometimes we fret over ourselves. Sometimes we get discouraged or despondent because people see us a certain way. And they tell us our flaws or our faults or our failures. And then sometimes the devil whispers to you and I and tells you, you don't measure up. You're not adequate. You don't compare to other people. Well, you're not worthy. You don't deserve. But that's not how God sees us. Not how God sees you and I at all. So we're looking at love for ourselves. Loving ourselves in Psalm 139, 
verse 14, and then, I will praise you for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are your works that my soul knows very well. And then our second scripture is from 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9. But you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people, that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. I need to remind myself sometimes that I am made in the image of God Almighty. I'm the reflection of my elder brother, Jesus Christ. I am fearfully and wonderfully made. We used to sing that little thing, God doesn't make junk. God created you and I very uniquely, and he formed you and I for a plan and a purpose and a reason. He's given you and I an opportunity to live our lives to the fullest that we might accomplish the plan that God has for you and I from the very beginning of time. And we need to understand that great love that God has for you and I. And when I remind myself of what these scriptures were said, you remind myself that I am fearfully and wonderfully made, that God created me as he desired me to be. God made me in his image the way that he had planned for me to be. And I am a child of the living God. The scripture reminds you and I again, First Peter says what? I, I'm a chosen generation. I'm a very special person. I'm a royal priesthood. I'm a holy nation. I'm a peculiar people or a different person that God called me out of darkness into his glorious, marvelous light. And so when the devil tries to remind me that I'm a party animal, may I remind myself, what I am a child of the king. I am royalty. His royal blood flows through my veins. Jesus Christ is my elder brother, and I've created his likeness, his image. I am something very special. God loves me so very much, and I need to love myself. Why? Because if God so loves me, my loving myself returns that love to God. It's a form of loving God when we love ourselves and we give of ourselves and we show ourselves the Lord. Lord, I am pleased with who I am and I'm honored to be who you created in me. We're showing that great love back into God that he bestowed upon you and I. Love ourselves. May we always understand how much God really loves us. Jeremiah 31.3, the Lord has appeared of old unto me, saying, Yea, I have loved thee with an everlasting love, never-ending. What were we singing about at the beginning? Sweeter gets the journey. God so loves us with an everlasting, eternal love. And then he says, the Jeremiah says this, Therefore, with loving kindness have I drawn to thee. Because you love me, Lord, I can love myself, I can love others, but most importantly, I can love my Creator. And then number one is our love for God. First, on John chapter 15, I think verses 9 and verses 10. As the Father loved me, I also have loved you. Abide in my love. As the Father's loved us, we want to love him. If you keep my commandments, you'll abide in my love, just as I've kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. Our love for God as we walk this journey 
of life. We said that love is an action verb. And so if we never communicate that love, and it's wonderful to write love notes and, and poems and all those things, and, but if that's all we ever do and we never display that love off the paper, then we're not showing true love. It's wonderful to tell God we love him, but God says, what? demonstrate, show, illustrate your great love for me because I have such great love for you. And John says here, how do we love the Father? Number one says, continue in his love. Again, sweeter gets the journey. I've discovered something in my years of my Christian walk. Salvation is a wonderful thing, and, and if you recall that, that moment of that time when, when your sins were rolled away and those burdens were taken from you and, and you felt like you could just enter right into heaven, you were walking on clouds, what a wonderful thing that is. And when the process of sanctification began to work in our lives and we begin to grow in the Lord, what a wonderful attribute that is in our lives. And when the Holy Spirit comes into our life and empowers you and I and equips you and I for service to the Lord, what a wonderful blessing that is. But, but I found out something. If we stop there... We don't have much of a testimony. We don't have much of a witness, do we? If we just stop there, it's all about us and what we've received from the Lord. But as we grow in the Lord and sweeter gets the journey every day, we begin to have a, a time when we can say, what well, God has brought me out of this and God has delivered me from this and God has provided this for me and God has ministered here. We begin to develop a testimony which shows a great love for God and the sweetness of his love and the power of his love and the extent of his love as we go through the daily walks of our life there. And so may you, may you have a, a book of remembrance Remember, it's a book of love when you can say, God did this for me, and God provided this for me, and God came through for me here, and God ministered to me here, and God answered a prayer here, and God stood up for me here and fought my battle for me here. Why? Because great is the Lord, and he accomplishes great and mighty things. Why? Because he loves me so. I love him. I continue in his love. How do I continue in his love? By keeping, obeying, and living out his commandments. And the scripture says, well, these are not grievous. These are not a burden. Just as taking care of a spouse or a child. That's not hard. That's not grievous. That's not a burden. We live that out because we love. We keep his commandments because we love God. Keep his commandments. Walk in his love. Sweeter gets the journey. I thought of some courses, and uh, we've had such beautiful music. Uh, I'll not sing because <laughs> I don't want to put anybody down in any way whatsoever. <laughs> but there's some courses I thought of as I come to a closing moment. Sweeter as the day goes by. You get sweeter as the days go by. He gets sweeter as the moments fly. His love is richer, deeper, fuller, sweeter. Sweeter, sweeter, sweeter as the days go by. Another course says this, sweeter than the day before. Every day with Jesus, sweeter than the day before. Every day with Jesus, I love him more and more. Jesus saves and keeps me. He's the one that I adore. Every day with Jesus, Sweeter than the day before, sweeter than the day before, 
And then Amy has put for us the one that I selected my title from. Sweeter gets the journey every day. Serving Jesus really pays. I get happy in this heavenly way because sweeter gets the journey every day. Sweeter gets the journey in your life. Allow that sweetness, allow the presence of God and the love of God and the peace of God and the joy of God and the fulfillment he brings into your life. May it overflow in you. May it explode in you. And when we talk about the Holy Spirit, we say you know, like an explosion, like a, like a dynamo, like, like something that burst out. And may, may that great love of God that you and I as senior citizens have, and what was the old term they used to use? Don't go around like a mule eating briars all the time. Don't go around being miserable all the time. Don't, don't go around telling everybody how miserable you are all the time. I, I'm a Christian, though, but boy, all these things are going wrong. All these things are bad, and I'm just suffering really bad. But may, may the joy of the Lord and the love we have for God, may we ever say what? That sweeter is today than yesterday. Sweeter is tomorrow going to be than today. Is Why? Because God has many exceedingly great promises He's going to perform in my life. And I look forward to seeing what God has in my tomorrow. My tomorrows are bright. My tomorrows are happy. My tomorrows are going to be fulfilled. Why? Because God is already in our tomorrows. And He has our plan already made out for you and I. And He knows what He's going to accomplish through our life. So sweeter against our journey. Walk with Him and talk with Him along life's narrow way. And one day maybe like ink may say, Oh, you've had such a sweet sweet journey down there and you've enjoyed life so much down there let's don't end this conversation why don't you just come on up home to heaven with me and enjoy forever the blessings of almighty god sweeter gets our journey may your journey be sweet as you continue on your walk with our lord and savior jesus christ Our beautiful bluegrass band is going to come back and get in position, and they're going to play a song for us at this time. So, Grace, if you'll bring your band with you. Um, as manager for Grace's Bluegrass Band, um, we do do tours. It's $5,000 for us per tour. So see me after church, and we will, we will line up something for you. Can you stand with me across the congregation, please, for a moment? Is your journey sweet? Is your walk with the Lord where it needs to be? If sin has caused you to have a disposition of sourness and bitterness, the Lord, through His Holy Spirit this morning, would like to speak to you and Remove that and give you a heart of love and a heart of joy and a heart of peace. And you can have that relationship with him. You can restore that relationship with him. Maybe the Bible speaks to a church in the Revelation that they lost their first love. Maybe you've lost that, that joy and that love of the Lord. And this morning you simply say, Lord, fill me again and restore me again and bring back that relationship with you. Maybe the Holy Spirit needs to speak to you and say, Love your spouses and love your children. Love your grandchildren. Be there for them. Most importantly, love yourself and love the Lord with all your heart. So we're just going to take a moment. The, the band's going to play, and while they're playing and singing, where you are, just you can lift your hands. 
Ask the Lord to come into your life. Ask the Lord to minister to you and speak to you and fulfill his promises, plans in his life because sweeter gets the journey.